This is Talk of the Town, where interesting people talk and London listens. This is Left, Right, and Center on 1290 CJBK. Joining us this morning, the gentleman who helped us create this segment, and it's always fun to have them back together, Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Morning, Jim. Now, sometimes on this program, uh, it, it very definitely becomes an issue of, of left and right and center. Uh, and other days, it's just, I like to think anyway, it's an interesting and informative discussion uh, about an issue of the day. And I suspect that, that today may fall into the latter, although I don't know for sure. Uh, I've asked Bob and uh, and Jeff uh, if they would join me in talking about the case of Scott Brocky. Scott Brocky uh, is a fellow who has been mentioned on this program before, uh, some months ago. He's a guy in Toronto who's a printer, and um, he's also identifies himself as an evangelical Christian. And he had a, a print order a couple of years ago now from a gay and lesbian organization. They wanted him to print some business cards and letterhead and so on for their organization, which is one that promotes the uh, homosexual lifestyle. Mr. Brocky said that, uh, upon subsequently being uh, uh, interrogated about this by the Human Rights Commission, said that uh, he, as an individual, had no problem with people who might be homosexual and, in fact, had done printing work for such individuals in the past, that he would not discriminate against them if they come in and wanted a, uh, you know, a business report printed or whatever. He had no problem doing that. What he objected to was printing this material uh, for an organization that advocates a homosexual lifestyle, which he finds abhorrent according to his faith. Uh, a complaint was lodged with the Ontario Human Rights Commission. They immediately, immediately, before doing very much investigation and before interrogating anybody or, or interviewing anybody, find him five grand right out of the chute. Find him $5,000. Well, he decided he wasn't going to pay. Uh, and, and he said, uh, actually, the incident was 1996, so it was more than a couple of years ago. Um, he, uh, he has fought this and said, this is not fair. I have a right to exercise my freedom of conscience and my freedom of religion. And because I'm not discriminating against individuals, I have no problem with someone coming in who's a homosexual asking me to, to do, you know, whatever work they have, as long as it does not promote a homosexual lifestyle. Uh, he fought this. The, the uh, Superior Court, Ontario Superior Court, uh, it, it finally went to them, uh, and he fought it basing, uh, basing his argument on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms Protection for Freedom of Conscience and Religion. Um, a three-panel judge, or three-judge panel, rather, of the Ontario Superior Court has uh, sort of split down the middle. They upheld the $5,000 fine because he refused to print the stationery and the business cards saying that nothing in either one of them violated what they referred to as his core beliefs, but they went on to say that um, that uh, the commission's decree that no Christian should be allowed to turn away work advocating homosexual behavior, they said, no, that's wrong. Uh, you can't do that because a uh, being forced to, to print a pamphlet, for example, and here's using their words, that proselytizing and promoting the gay and lesbian lifestyle clearly would conflict with his freedom of conscience and faith. And according to them, they said uh, it's within his rights to refuse. Are you are you confused yet? Because I'm confused by the whole thing. Uh, and I, I was hoping that our guest today might be able to help us uh, shed a little bit of light on it. I guess, bottom line for me, one place to start, and maybe we start with, with Jeff, who is, is, is the lawyer among us. Um, why didn't he have the right, why don't I have the right to say... Um, thank you very much for coming into my shop, but I don't want your business. I don't want your custom. 
um, thanks, thanks for coming out. And I understand that you're gonna, you're not gonna like that, and you're gonna take your business somewhere else, and you're probably gonna tell all your friends that I'm a jerk. But hey, it's my store, and and that's the way it is. Why don't I have that right in Canada to say that? Well, you do have the right to say it uh, for a lot of reasons, but you can't say that for reasons that have been. Uh listed under the law as reasons that aren't good reasons, I guess, if you like. And I think that the reason that they've given these particular ones is historic, that there have been problems with with uh, racism and bigotry and stuff like that. So the law has listed out things that you can't discriminate based on. So, for instance, if somebody comes into your store and you say, I don't want to serve you because you've got green eyes, that's not a problem. You're perfectly free to do that. But if you say, I don't want to serve you because you've got black skin, that is a problem. And so under the Human Rights Code, they list out the things, and I can never remember what they all are, but uh, race, creed, uh, religion, uh, uh, sex, sexuality, or sexual orientation, uh, you know, um, country of origin, those, those, the things you'd sort of expect. Uh, and what you have in a case like this, I guess, is a balancing of those protected uh, uh, bases for discrimination, if you like, versus the right of freedom of religion, which is contained in the Charter. What you actually have here is that the Human Rights Code is a provincial law, and the Charter is a federal law, of course. The, f the federal law would o overrule the provincial law if it was if it was contrary to the fe federal law. Mm -hmm. So that's why he can say that my religious um, freedoms should overrule this provincial law. And uh, and and that's true uh, if they if they conflict. And I guess that's why you get this sort of uh, Solomon-like splitting of the baby, where it's sort of like they're splitting hairs in a sense. I guess if they're saying well, you you have to print his business cards and you have to print his cards that are cards for an organization that promotes a gay lifestyle, but you don't have to permit you don't have to print material that promotes a gay lifestyle. Um, so for I don't know what that would be, but pamphlets and things, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so so anyway, it's interesting in the sense that uh, we have this system where. Um, a decision's made in the first instance. And by the way, when they say that uh, there was a $5,000 fine without a um, investigation, there would have been a hearing um, before they can uh, levy a fine. There's a hearing where he would have been entitled to lead any evidence that he wanted, basically, that he felt was relevant to his case. So it would have been after that that the commission made their decision. My biggest frustration with them is they're so slow. Like, I, I've got a case, uh, a couple of cases around them right now, and it just takes forever to get anything done. Uh, if... Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll leave that. I got a question. We'll leave that for a second, and I'll switch over to Bob. Uh, you look at this story. What do you make of this? Was this a Solomon-like decision, or have they killed the baby by cutting it in half? Well, it's it's the ultimate irony, you know. Jeff correctly says that you do have the right to refuse to do business with anybody on any host of grounds, except those handful that are mentioned under the human rights legislation, including race, color, creed, etc. And Jeff said that was for historic reasons. Well, isn't it ironic that the very existence of the Human Rights Commission, if we're going for historic reasons, is the kind of power that existed in fascist states, where the state was telling people what they could think, who they could associate with, and, and that's why obviously they haven't got the message. They went the other way. Now, I have to ask you a question. I'm Scott Brocky. I'm sitting in my store or, or in my shop. In comes a guy who wants me to print some hardcore pornography. Do I have the right to turn him away? Jeff says, yeah, because it's not under the thing. Or, you know, or if he brings in hate literature. Mm -hmm. Or what if Osama bin Laden comes in and just wants business cards? Do I have to print them? You know, like, because he's got a political bleak and I discriminate against him? The very idea, you know, under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we have the right to discriminate. People don't like to think that way, but mm -hmm. we do. That's what freedom of association means. Mm -hmm. Every freedom and right you have means you have the right to say no to something. Um, if you can't say no, there are no rights involved. That's why I always maintain we don't really have a right to health care or education because we can't say no to it. 
We don't have any choices. That's what a right is, is a choice. So that when you take away that freedom of association, now remember, it's governments that must never discriminate or do any discriminating. That's when you get into those historic problems that Jeff was talking mm -hmm. about. You know, an all-powerful state where the citizens gradually lose their rights to the point where there's no prosperity left in the country. What about what about the uh, come back to the to the basic premise of Mr. Brocky's argument, which is based on his religious belief as he defines that belief? And the, now the the court has sort of split on that. In the one half, they're saying that uh, okay, we recognize your right to your religious beliefs in terms. No, they of, don't. They lied. Well, you well, can't say that, and, well, then, and then judge five. No, they give no, them a five thousand dollar fine. No, no, I'm talking oh. about the court. The the, the 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 superior court said that that you can. Uh, uh, we we recognize your religious concerns on printing this such and such material. We don't recognize them. Uh, we don't recognize the fact that you may lay awake at night uh, uh, with concern about the fact that you had helped to promote this through printing cards or letterhead. Now, some people would say, "Well, that's such a Mickey Mouse thing. Print the cards, print the letterhead. Who cares?" The, but the, the courts have made that distinction. And Jeffrey, I come back to you. How do we get to a situation where the courts are the ones who determine what our religious concerns may or may not be? Well, I guess um, the question would be sort of who else is going to do it or, or who we want to do it. The way that they end up doing it is because the politicians ask them to do it. They pass laws and say, okay, this is a, a law, for instance, the, uh, the Charter of Rights, which is part of the Canadian Constitution, passed by our governments, all the provincial governments except Quebec, I think, and the federal government, and they said, okay, from now on, every law that comes along, we'd like you to scrutinize it to see that it complies with this law, and if it doesn't, we'd like you to strike it down. So they've been asked by the politicians, and, and it's interesting, you know, and in, in, I think in some of the cases, it's probably more clear, like, for instance, uh, I think that if this was a case involving color, uh, probably it would be um, it would be an e easier case for most people, again, because of the historic uh, discrimination and the U.S. civil rights movement and all that. Sexual orientation is a tough one, and it's one where uh, there are a lot. It's a lot closer to the line, if you like. It's less clear that the majority of the public um, support that law and say we don't want uh, discrimination based on sexual orientation. And it's important to know that the because it's an Ontario law, the government of Ontario could repeal it any time they want. So, if the government of Ontario felt that the majority of Ontarians didn't want to protect sexual orientation, then they just pass a law and it's not there anymore. What do you do if you're a guy like Scott Brocky now, who's been told very clearly by the by the, by the court? That uh, we, on the one hand, we're concerned about your conscience. Uh, on the other hand, your conscience has no place in in this equation. Well, some, he'll he'll probably do just what our school board is doing right now: break the law as a statement. He'll suffer the consequences for it too. Um, that's that's the only thing you can do under civil disobedience. You have to be willing to go to the limit with it. Um, I remember Paul Magder years ago. He did that with the Sunday shopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sofria yeah and we were involved with him intimately. Yeah. And, and certainly he can do that, and he also can lobby to change the law. Again, there's a right-wing government right now. If he could persuade a, you know, a bare majority of, uh, of um, the government to repeal the law, then they would. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the gay community have worked extremely hard to get it uh, as a protected ground. Um, you know, so, it's, so it's a constant sort of power struggle between the two of them. But as far as religious um, conscience, I guess the problem with that is that, again, uh, it's, it's easier in the, the mains, more mainstream cases. But religion, bear in mind, is not a defined term. Religion could be anything. So you could be into Wicca, you could be into uh, you know, Satanism, whatever it is. And, and in many ways, the gay community operates like a religion. It has an ideology it takes with it. Well, and in and, this case, and, the, and that's, that's the thing that most people who say they're anti-gay.
gay but just before I get into that, the, the, the significance of religion is that essentially we say you can believe whatever you like and you can act any way you like uh, to follow religious belief within reasons. But that's where you come back to the Osama bin Laden's where you say, but at the fringe where you believe that it's a, a good idea to go around killing people because it's part of your religion, we say, well, I'm sorry, that butts into the protection that other people have. Well, that's have obvious because that violates someone else's rights. Well, that's right. But the gay community has to learn that if it wants to have the freedom of association and rights that it has so long fought for, it has to continue to grant that to the rest of society. You can't say yeah. that uh, I, I am such and such, therefore I have a particular right over and above anything anyone else does. There's no heterosexual rights in the country. Why aren't there? Well, the rest, Why of, the rights are, the rest of the rights are heterosexual rights. That's the well, are we they? have minority rights, and That's then we incorrect. have the majority who have got all the rights There's they need. There's supposed to be individual <laughs> rights, and then these conflicts would never come up. We always think in terms yeah. of some group. Some group has rights. No individuals do. Where do well, we get into that? I think the gay community is an interesting one, because uh, having said that, we could, we could plug in any of the different grounds of, of protection here and have the same argument. But mm -hmm. around the gay community, they are people who have worked really hard around things other than laws to try to, uh, to gain power, if you like. And I think they have used economic levers very, very effectively. Uh, they have gotten organized. They have done all kinds of fundraising. They've done things like lobbying um, uh, TV networks. They've lobbied uh, um, people who sell products uh, and advertisement, all that. And they've uh, been able to sort of get like Ellen on TV. They've been able to sort of really push an economic agenda, I think, very effectively because they are well organized and, uh, and they work really hard at it. Uh, so in, in a lot of ways, like the gay rights community are sort of the model for all the other uh, groups who feel they're oppressed to say, here's what you should do if you want to get ahead. Uh, look at the success these guys have had in the last 20 years in uh, in getting um, their agenda out in the community, in getting um, sort of uh, economic uh, prosperity for their folks. Uh, well, let me let me ask you something. What what right does a gay person have that I don't have or that you don't have? Uh, I don't think they have any right, but except Well, yes, that, they do. Here, here, you said we can... You and I can say no to anybody coming into a, our print shop on any grounds except unless that person's gay. So all of a sudden that person has rights that you and I don't yeah, have. No, I was just going to say that I don't think they have any right except that they have the right not to suffer historic prejudice, which I don't think anybody would argue that we haven't had in this country. It wasn't that long ago when the, gay, the Halo Club in well, London had to be Whether they suffer secret. it or not is their own decision. I well, mean, again, I could suffer my heritage, had, too. You and I haven't <laughs> had that. Well, you say you could, but the fact is you haven't. You know, you say you could have been discriminated against on some basis, well, you but know, you haven't. I like so Joe Armstrong when he talks have, about it us really being doesn't a, matter. in a victim culture. Everybody wants to be a victim because that gives you some claim on society, and that usually means the taxpayer's Pocket. Well, and, and that's, that's what most of the gay argument. activity is. discriminated against a group, what we always say is that when they try to fight back, it's like, why are they being so uppity? Why don't they just sort of be like us, you know, and be laid back and everything? Why are they so uppity? And it's like, well, it was not long ago. Because it's Again, a political seen, agenda. Uh, what's his name? Brian Epstein, I think, was manager for the Beatles, getting the crap kicked out of him because he was gay. Uh, well, that's, again, that's, it wasn't that long ago that the Halo Club had to be though, secret. Yeah. And, and a lot of this, I guess, is about changing public attitudes. And I think that one thing that you and I might agree on is that I hope that there's a day when you don't need any of these laws, when the fact well, we that someone's sexual now. orientation is absolutely irrelevant. Well, it's not irrelevant well, now. You know, that I have to tell you. Who was chained to a truck and driven to death three years ago or two years That's ago. That's a criminal in, uh, act, States. and it should yeah, be it regarded as such. Happen? Well, it, didn't happen it wouldn't matter guys. whether it happened, whether the person was gay, black, green, blue, or whatever. Well, the I same suggest consequence. to the guys who did it, it mattered to them. They did it because he was gay. Okay, here we have in, in the jurisdiction where that happened, there have been laws for more than 100 years um, saying that that's not a good thing to do. 
Uh, and I yeah. mean, up above and beyond just the fact that it's a capital crime, it's also a hate crime and has been thus recognized. And obviously, these guys name are, me a uh, non-hate crime. No, no, but no, but but a hundred <laughs> years later, I mean, you know, so is are the laws the way to address these problems? Well, the no, laws didn't affect those guys. That's what I'm saying. That the, the gay community, I think, have recognized that the laws are not a very good way to do it. For one thing, whenever you put put out a law like this, you get a bunch of people resenting you. The, the much oh, better way to do it is much more so work than... hard, develop um, PR campaigns so that uh, there's public uh, sort of awareness and acceptance of the gay community. Community, sort of dispel sort of uh, myths about them. Be out in the community and be successful. Be seen to be happy and live in your life in a good, happy, wholesome way. I, I have talked uh, to, the way to, to many, many of people who, who I would regard as, quote, or, or who even call themselves, I guess, quote, anti-gay. But when you ask them bluntly, do you, do you believe that gay people should not have the same rights as you and I in terms of no, no right to housing? Or, no, not a, not, not a one of them has ever told me that that's mm -hmm. what they believe. Well, that's good. And so where is the issue? Where is that? Where is this issue coming from? What gets people angry at the well, gay community is the Human Rights Commission taking what, a guy was, like what, Scott Brock. Was Rocky. there ever an issue about gay, gay rights? Were gays ever discriminated against in Canada? Oh, absolutely. So when did absolutely. it stop? It stopped when we when we started courting. Instead of discriminating against them as a group, now we're discriminating in favor of them. Well, we haven't done that? them a favor. I don't know the exact year. Well, I don't think there was one. I think there are still people out there that don't like gays. Personally. Well, yeah, but that, that again, it doesn't mean... I don't like a lot of people out there, but I would never deny them their rights. Because well, then they'll be busy trying would, to deny mine. happily deny them their rights. So those are the guys we're trying to get to. And again, I think that what you do is you influence public opinion. You make it so that it's not cool in the playgrounds, you know, and you work your way up from there where it's just not on. It's but just, is this guy, that what they did to this fellow, and when I say they, I mean the Human Rights Commission, uh, uh, under the auspices of, of at least one person from the gay community, yeah. um, is the, do you think this is a positive step? I mean, this guy now, who the, all, all he did was to say publicly, publicly, and that was the key. He admitted to this. He didn't try to hide it. Um, all he said was, I don't want to print anything or support anything that goes against my religious, my religious convictions. I have My religious convictions do not say I can't do business with homosexuals. In fact, I have knowingly done business in the past with them, and I have no problem with that. Where my religion says I, I, I can't do this in good conscience is to help them promote a lifestyle that I don't agree with. Do you think, Jeff, given what you've been saying, has any useful purpose been served by this guy being dragged through the public? Because now he's got, as Bob says, there's all sorts of people upset and distressed about it, supporting him, saying the Human Rights Commission is this and that and the other thing. And, and I have to guess there's probably a certain amount of gay bashing that's, going, that's arisen out of this, uh, figuratively, if not, if not literally. Has this served any useful purpose? Well, uh, I think it has, and it, what it does is it helps to uh, to highlight the issue and also to uh, sort of, I guess, again, get into the public consciousness that, you know, it's not okay to be doing that kind of thing. I guess, again, for but me, in some want, respects, but do you the, think, gay, the gay issue is think? a tougher one. Substitute black in there instead and say... You know, this this uh, it was a black uh, Baptist church group that went in and wanted to uh, have their business cards printed, and he said, you know, I have to tell you, my religious uh, principles prevent me from from dealing with that. I have nothing against you people, I just don't want to do business with you. Um, I think that he would have a lot less sympathy than he would now, because the gay one is a much tougher yeah, one. Yeah, you're talking apples and oranges, though. No, you're not, it's exactly you're not, the same. You're lot. not talking about exactly. It. You're not talking about a black skin lifestyle. There may be a lifestyle, a culture associated with the color of your skin, but you're not talking about promoting a lifestyle that some people believe is deleterious to not only to your health but the, but to well, society's and health. what the courts have said is he doesn't have to do that you know that's that's where the solomon like things comes back again but you know it's like this uh, case we had recently with the prom you know where the, the young guy down in toronto wanted to take his boyfriend mm -hmm. to the prom and the catholic 
school board unanimously said, no, forget it. Mm -hmm. you know, again, if he didn't go get an injunction, he wouldn't have been able to go. You know, and the, so and the injunction, of religion, part of the injunction had to be saying, by the way, you can't just cancel the whole prom. Like, this is a live issue. Gay rights are a very live issue in this, in this country today. Okay, we have to pause for just a second. We'll be back. It's Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Matt. Stay with us. Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on 1290 CJBK. Well, I'm Matt Josh Lemmer with us this morning. We're talking about the Ontario Human Rights Commission. We started, we've got off on the issue of gay rights and so on. I want to come back to the commission just for a moment. Well, can I answer a question that I didn't get a chance to? Well, sure. You said, was there any useful purpose to this Human Rights Commission yeah. decision? And I would say, yes, there was. Mm -hmm. For the Human Rights Commission, not for you and I as citizens. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how Scott Brock, he went out, like he made a public statement. Mm-hmm. Notoriety is a very key factor in a Human Rights Commission case. If anybody dares to say to the public that I'm going to practice what I believe, they come down on you hard because the purpose of that is to send the message that if you're going to practice what you believe, we can do the same thing to you. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose of it. It's pure intimidation. But I don't think that they publicize uh, their cases. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, you know what usually is? paper, it wouldn't be in the paper Right, exactly. A newspaper will call up, they'll do an interview, he'll answer their questions, they publish it, all of a sudden he's guilty of publicizing you know, his opinions, and that's all it takes. And then you're before a Human Rights Commission. Consider this, they fined him $5,000 before they even established any criteria of what he was guilty of. You know, no, like the, well, yes, they no did. Evidence they did that. They had a hearing. He had a chance to come out and defend himself in all the ways. Well, that upheld the fine, the and then they say that that uh, he's allowed to think this as far as if the literature had said X, Y, and Z, which means the government's in the business of explicit censorship. Well, excuse that's me. The court, not the government. Well, the court is an agent of the government no, of our not. society. Well, no, that's how I view it. Well, they're not because supposed to be. <laughs> the government. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> the separation of powers and all that stuff. Exactly, I, yeah. and I agree with that. But what I'm saying is the government makes the laws. The courts enact them and, yeah. and so i don't separate the two on that basis but here they are they're telling him you know oh you can think this little thing but you can't think that like breaking it down to these little fine minutia it's a tough case yeah it's so a it's a thought one. crime yeah the but guy got one. he got fined five thousand bucks he said he did not think what the state wanted him no, to think and that's going on they in this country print. <laughs> well, had, crime. no no it wasn't <laughs> Listen, I had to become my own printer because nobody would print our stuff, okay? Because I could go to another print shop. Oh, no, he's a liberal supporter. He's not going to print Freedom Party stuff. Hey, so we became our own printer, and I have the same policy. Yeah. I'm not going to print Liberal Party stuff. I'm not going to print other stuff. Well, you, know? you can, and you're perfectly free and to. And I am free to. But, but again, it's just those articulated grounds. And again, if it wasn't for the fact that people were going around bashing them in the past, we wouldn't have a law like this today. And I hope that tomorrow we don't need a law, and then it gets repealed. But if the guy's religious convictions are going to be the same tomorrow... Why would you expect that anything's going to change? Well, I think things have changed immensely. It just didn't, uh, you know, I think in London where uh, it wasn't that long ago, it was what, the 60s where uh, uh, blacks and Jews uh, and women certainly were not allowed into the London club, uh, not allowed into some of our, our golf courses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and the, the, those weren't anomalies. Those reflected the, the public attitudes of the day. I think attitudes have changed immensely. And I think that as they do, the need for these laws becomes less and less. Uh, you know, and we're down to cases that are pretty petty here now. It's not like somebody would lynch somebody. Uh, and that's good. I think we're heading in the right direction. And that as we continue in that direction, again, the laws will become less and less relevant until they're just uh, an anomaly on the books that we just uh, re repeal. So you believe that laws can change human nature? Well, I think human nature changes and then the law becomes irrelevant. And I think it's not just because of the laws. I think that it's a whole uh, very, very... Uh, 
sophisticated campaign that the gay community have run in the last 20 years to change public attitudes about homosexuals. Uh, that's really what's driven this whole thing. And the Human Rights Commission is, is a very small part of, of their changing of attitudes, I think. Bob, last word to you today. Well, I think the law we should be upholding is our fundamental freedoms, those laws, not, not the laws that violate those laws. Um, I think you have the right to associate with whomever you want on whatever grounds you want. I mean, I might not agree with them, and I probably won't 90% of the time. But if you don't have that freedom, what's the alternative? The alternative is the government getting bigger and bigger and bigger and deciding what you can do, what you can think, what you can say. And that is the history that we have to avoid. And it always shocks me that the very groups who suffered most in World War II and from prejudice are running and creating the very same state and the same laws and the same process and structure that is necessary to create the absolute state eventually. And then no one will have any rights. I mean, we might all be equal before the law, but none of us will have any freedoms. Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure when Schlemmer and Metz are together on Left, Right, and Center. Bob Thank Metz you. and Thank Jeff Schlemmer, our guests today. And we'll see you soon.